This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful people. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Happy Tuesday or happy whatever day you're listening to this episode on. <laughs> First and foremost, I want to thank you for tuning in to RM Podcast FL and wherever you get your podcast juice from, go ahead and give us a five star. Especially if you're an Apple podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review and a short comment and tell us how awesome we are doing. So, I have a couple updates for you guys. Number one, numero uno, today's episode, it's very, very special. We scheduled this episode about two and a half months ago and it's finally, you know, in life, in process. <laughs> so, today's episode is actually with Dan Oblinger and Kwame Christian. And if you guys did not listen to their episodes before on rm podcast fl well i need you to stop listening to this episode and go listen to those first so you can be introduced to their work a lot better now these two individuals you guys not only are they masters at negotiating but they actually turn to be some very good friends of mine so for dan i need you to go ahead and listen to the laws of listening and controlling emotions episode that would be episode number 38 you guys got that episode 38 Awesome. And then Kwame Christian was also on our episode. His episode is number 29, Finding Confidence in Conflict. So the reason why I wanted to bring these two awesome individuals together is because not only they're friends, you guys, but they have a great chemistry with one another. So I was like, let's just merge some awesome ideas into an amazing episode. So that's what we're going to do. Before I do go there, though, I'm very super duper excited to say that I have been selected, nominated, and awarded with Unsung Heroine Award. Heroine. Heroine? Heroine. I'm sorry. It's my accent. Don't blame it on me. It's my accent, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not editing this out. <laughs> but yes, that's a super exciting news, which I'm super duper excited for because I'm one of the three students from FSCJ that got awarded with that. So, Yay! That just makes me happy and makes me feel recognized for the hard work. And if you have yet to subscribe to our website, rmpodcastfl.com, go ahead and do so. Because every every month, you guys, we have newsletters with awesome articles and new episodes. I mean, this newsletter um, for the book of the month, we actually had Conscious Capitalism from John Mackey. Um, it's an awesome book. So every month I select a different book. Go ahead and get that out. You can find it on the website. But let's dive into today's episode. So this episode is for you. If you want to learn things like controlling emotions during a negotiation, recognizing red flags during a negotiation, how to use effective icebreakers, when to say no in a situation, when to walk away from a deal, or can you even walk away from a deal, key factors to turn from a newbie to a professional negotiator, and of course, overcoming anxiety during high intense moments. Anxiety tends to follow us everywhere. So make sure to listen to this episode, you guys, and make sure to not miss out the best part of it, or at least I think it's the best part of it. It's when Dan and Kwame are on their zone because I have situational negotiation role play for them. So 
Dan is the hostage negotiator and Kwame is the hostage taker, which that's awesome. And the other one, Dan is the employee that wants to quit Kwame's job and work for me. So Kwame has to convince him not to quit his job. So it gets pretty interesting, you guys. I hope you enjoyed. And don't forget, give us a five star. Go ahead and connect with this awesome individuals. Tell them Romina sent you. And I will talk to you back soon. Enjoy the episode. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to RM Podcast FL and investing your time. Today's interview will be just amazing because I have on the show Kwame Christian and Dan Amblinger. Hi, guys. How are you today? Hey, Hey, Romina. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So I'm super stoked about this one. We scheduled about two months ago. Thank goodness. And uh, for this episode, I'll let you guys just give a little bit description of you. What do you guys do uh, so the audience could get to know you a little bit better? Um, just a short summary, and then we'll dive right into the juicy stuff. Perfect. Well, uh, my name is Kwame Christian. I'm, a, uh, I'm an attorney by trade, but my passion is in teaching people the skills of negotiation and conflict resolution. And my name is Dan Oblinger. I am Kwame's sidekick in life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a Kwame fan, but in my own right, I am a police hostage and crisis negotiator by trade. And then I have parlayed that into becoming a consultant for listening communication skills and also negotiation tactics and techniques for private industry. I've been a consultant in that capacity for about eight years. Awesome. So if you guys never heard of Kwame and Dan before, you definitely need to go ahead and jump and listen to their interviews that they had before in RM Podcast FL. And as you can tell, we have negotiation as a topic today, which is a very important thing. So I want to get started with what would be the first most memorable negotiating situation for you guys? bring us back to your teenage years. Like what, what was the first situation that you remember? Ooh, Dan, you want to jump on this one first? Well, I think it, it requires one to really consider carefully what a negotiation is. I think if I was, you know, like go back to the teenage years, as Romina suggested, you, you would think it's like, okay, it's a couple of attorneys sitting on either side of a table and they got briefcases, they're hammering out this contract and there's millions of dollars. I was negotiating when I was 14, working at a hamburger stand in Mulvane, America, you know, when people were upset because they didn't like how we squeezed the limes in their limeades. I mean, that, that's negotiating. You're retaining the relationship while finding value in it. Um, as a police officer, I certainly learned that negotiations didn't have to involve the SWAT team. Like you're constantly trying to persuade people without using force because force requires paperwork and risk and danger. So you're constantly trying to use your verbal skills to persuade. And then uh, my first memorable, I would say set piece negotiation was talking to a young lady off the ledge of a six story parking garage, which is, kind of the impetus for me becoming a hostage negotiator and writing two books and and going into consultancy. Kwame, your turn. Yeah, well, that's kind of hard to follow, Dan. Goodness gracious. Um, For me, when I think back about, uh, think back to the early negotiations that I had, um, they were just really chronic failures, honestly. And I I talk about this in the TED Talk and the book. 
um, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about teaching this skill to people is that I am a recovering people pleaser. And so whenever conflict arose amongst my friends or uh, family, uh, for the most part, I would just kind of roll over, give in. And it wasn't until I discovered negotiation and conflict resolution uh, and recognized that it was actually a skill, not a talent. That's when I started to to um, to get good at this and, and develop my confidence and to stand up for myself. And um, then as a practicing attorney, I think some of the most important negotiations I had beside the the ones with opposing counsel were with the clients, first of all, because we mm -hmm. have to manage those expectations. And so if a client goes in and they think they can get X, Y, Z, or they, they've been hurt or wronged and they want me to try and deliver an outcome that's not realistic, um, those are really important discussions to, to have because they look at you as an advocate and somebody who's on their team. And sometimes at the beginning, when you tell them that uh, they need to adjust their expectations and you're helping them through that process. That's a tough negotiation because they almost feel a little bit betrayed. And so you have to handle that one with uh, very delicately. And then honestly, when you have the negotiation with opposing counsel, it's a lot easier um, than that one. But uh, yeah, there, there are a few in there that ring a bell. But I think in terms of um, the, the types of negotiations that were most difficult. I think it might surprise people, but it's the ones with uh, the, the clients before the actual negotiation that were pretty tough. What did you say? Because a lot of people, you guys think like they, they have a freak out whenever they jump into a negotiating moment or into uh, a sales moment or into just a conflict moment. What did you say would be some good icebreakers to just kind of calm down the waters as much as they can? Because depending on the situation, you know, you need sometimes to just dive in. But what would be some good icebreakers that you can use? Um, well, I think one of the things just as far as developing the right mindset is to, to kind of rethink your approach to the difficult conversation. What is your mindset of, uh, what, as it relates to this conversation and these types of conversations? And I, I like to use an opportunity-based framework where you look at the opportunity, not, think, not the threat. And if you ask yourself, this conversation is an opportunity to blank, you can find that. And I think as far as icebreakers go or um, kind of warming yourself up for the conversation, I think it has to start with your mentality. I will piggyback on that and just talk about kind of two different paths to a negotiation. And the one that Kwame and I are probably going to recommend, and by the way, I will speak for Kwame at certain times when, yes. I, when I have <laughs> discussed with him. We talk all the time. So if Absolutely. I know where he stands, I may represent him, and I know he's here to be like, oh, that's not quite right. Uh, but he and I will both tell you that although he and I both hone our skills every day, and because and I totally agree with him, by the way, that everybody has a natural uh, talent at negotiation, but it's a skill. And if you never hone that talent, you won't be very effective, no matter how talented you think you are. So it really requires a lot more than natural talent. It requires even more than skill. You got to make it a habit. You have to have the habit of engaging people in a conversation and being in control of yourself and asking about value, asking about the value they want from you, and then also asking about the value that's available to you in a way that's very persuasive and tough to say no to. I mean, we can get into all that, but the point of that is the preparation that comes out of an understanding of that process, you're going to prep for everything because you don't want to rely upon your talent, skill, or even habit if there's really good information for you to gather beforehand because you're well-armed when you're well-informed. 
So that's one, and I would say the preferred path to a negotiation is you know it's coming up, you know it's important, you kind of know the stakes, maybe the, the basic scope and the approximate fee that will be discussed, and you do your homework about that. And the second process is where Kwame and I's urging for people to really practice their craft is really important. And that's when you're surprised by the negotiation, when it's sprung upon you, when you thought that everything was settled and then people want to change the terms, or when you're just out in public trying to find value in a relationship and all of a sudden you realize you're in a negotiation and you didn't have any time to prepare. Um, that's less than ideal. But if you've built a habit of asking good questions and managing emotions and dealing with deception and exploring with people what value is available to you, you can still succeed. So Dan, I want to kind of piggyback on, on what you said, because sometimes you're in the open environment and you don't really know what might happen. Um, what did you say would be some crucial steps if you find yourself in, um, in a situation like in a physical or emotional attack on the wide open out there? What, what steps would you suggest to somebody to maybe negotiate their way out of it? And this is where, I mean, coming from my background, this is something we deal with a lot. We don't have a lot of time to prepare. We're, we're, negotiations punch us in the face in the middle of the night all the time. Um, so I would say th the most important thing is safety comes first. So if we are talking about like a physical threat, you know, create some distance and disengage and leave if that's an option. But if we're talking more about it's a conversation that's ambushed us, it may be uh, we're having a disagreement with our spouse or maybe our, our teenage child or we are dealing with somebody who's providing a service or, or product to us and something has gone wrong. Uh, your heater went out right after the HVAC guy came out and serviced it. So now you're dealing with, um, you know, a value proposition and then somebody reacts with emotion or somebody surprises you or somebody tries to change the terms without your consent um, and puts you in a position where you're going to lose a ton of money. Like that's when we didn't have time to prep and we have to maintain control of our emotions. If we get emotional about it, um, this is just how the brain works. Our options as a negotiator begin to shut down. We don't see opportunities for discovery. And that's, a, that's I think, the best verb to describe it because we want to discover the position that they're presenting to us, the interests that are creating it. Like, why are they doing this? What are they trying to get from me? And then also we're trying to discover what kind of negotiable range exists. Like, where can I move this, the interests, where it aligns with what kind of what they want, but it's a way better deal for me. It's something I'm, I'm more likely to give them. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's referrals. Like I got to find a way to get the value proposition where I'm comfortable with it. If we get emotional about it, it'll devolve very quickly into an argument. And as Kwame will tell you, now we're not negotiating. Exactly. Because at that point, you sound like lawyers and lawyers argue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always yeah, it is just competing demands. That's not a negotiation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing is, when it comes to negotiation, for the most part, um, the negotiations happen when on your terms in terms of when you have to give it permission. They can't force you, per se, to, to negotiate. And so one of the things that I talked about on my podcast one time was the importance of taking time and pausing. And even if you're dealing with the biggest bully ever, you can find ways to give yourself time to think. Because my rule of thumb is if somebody wants an answer right now, if somebody needs something and is pushing really, really hard in an aggressive way and they ambushed me, I wasn't prepared for this, my rule of thumb is if you need an answer right now, it's going to be no. 
Right. <laughs> right. Now, if you want to, if you want to have the chance of a yes, you're going to give me the time. But if you need something right now, it's going to be no. Because you have to understand the way the brain works. Because if you're ambushed, you're going to register that as a threat, and you're going to feel pressure. You're not going to be thinking as clearly. And the most of the manipulative tactics people use, and sometimes it's not even manipulation. Maybe they just have some emotional need to, that they want to be resolved as quickly as possible. It's going to register as a threat. You're not going to be thinking as clearly. And oftentimes, we make decisions in the moment not because they're in the best our best interest in the long term, but because it alleviates the immediate pressure that we're feeling in the short term. The problem mm -hmm. is that these emotions will fade, but the decision will remain and, and persist in the long term. So giving yourself some space, and like Dan said, if it's a physical uh, danger, what you do is you give yourself some physical space right there. And what we're doing here is we're giving ourselves mental and emotional space to regain our composure so we can think clearly. Because what we are faced in the, with in, at these times are decision points. And when it comes to making decisions, you want to slow down to make sure you're making the right one. Yeah, I would, I would say this, a little homework for all the uh, RM Podcast FL fans out there. Go look up amygdala hijacking. Mm. That's the process that your brain's going through when somebody prevent, pre pre presents like a really provocative emotional scenario to you. And then one, like, like Kwame said, demands an answer right away. That's what's going on in your brain. So just maybe some further study. You might look that up. Amygdala hijack. Nice. Awesome. So what I want to do also is have you guys do a little role play. I know I'm talking to two masters when it comes to negotiation. And I want to see Dan at his element. And I want to see Kwame at his element. Are we ready for this, guys? Sounds good. This will be fun. I'm scared. I'm scared, but ready. All right. Well, Dan goes first. <laughs> so Kwame, you are a hostage taker and you are talking to the hostage negotiator, which is Dan, and you are ready to negotiate, but you have some rules. You do not want to hear from Dan the word no. You do not want to hear from Dan. I understand what you're saying or it sounds like, or it looks like to me. And every time Dan says something on those lines, you will do damage. Oh, I sound fantastic. This seems to be a recurring role, Kwame. I know. I love being your, your hostage taker. This is great. We should, maybe we should take this to the, to the real world. <laughs> coming, coming to a ballroom in a city near you. All right. Well, I guess we should begin. Are you ready? Perfect. Let's do it. Hi, my name's Dan. I'm with the police department. I'd like to work with you today. Who am I talking to? Listen, Dan, uh, my name is Kwame Christian. I, uh, I have some demands, but listen, I, I need to talk to the mayor and I need him on the line and I need him on the line within the next 15 minutes. I know this is being televised. I see the helicopters flying outside. I know everybody's watching this. I need to talk to the mayor and I'm not going to talk to anybody else the mayor hmm okay so it sounds like you want to talk to the mayor ah! listen 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 this is listen, urgent this is urgent i listen i I'm, and there's a lot going on it's distracting is that right it, there is a lot going on there is okay. a lot going on and, and that's why it's so important for me to make sure that i talk to the mayor so we can eliminate the distraction and eliminate the the superfluous 
people who are in this experience right now. It's it's too mm-hmm. loud. I just need to talk to one person, and that is the mayor. I have okay. eight people here with me. Okay. okay. Eight. Sounds like you want to keep this simple, and I agree. I think it's best to keep things simple. I, I don't think. Listen, I don't. I feel. I feel like you don't know who you're messing with right now because I'm not one of those those crazy psychopaths that you've dealt with in the past who just on a whim go and take people by a hostage. No, this is a this is a tactical thing. I'm educated. I went to school. I I went. I took negotiation courses. And what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me is that you are doing all this this uh, this mumbo jumbo that you learned in some class, probably in some hotel or something like that. And oh. I, I just, I don't want to deal with this. I, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to, you're trying to waste my time and, and just wear me out until I, I have to give up for the sake of food or something like that. We're not playing this game. If yeah, we're we not playing get, this game. If we don't get the mayor on the line right now, then uh, bodies are going to drop. Yeah, you sound intelligent and serious to me. I do want to work with you on this. When the mayor gets here, what will you tell him? Well, I'm going to tell him about his policies. I'm going to tell him about, about the impact uh, that the things that he's doing has on, on the citizens. And I need to tell him that directly because we, we've written letters. I've written letters. I've called. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't seem like he's, he's taking this seriously. Well, now I've got eight citizens here. And if he really cares about the citizens, he's going to come out here and talk. Okay. All right. So you have a message for the mayor. Yeah. I thought, okay. I, thought I made this clear, Dan. Yep. No, you, you're clear. I've uh, passed that on. There's some other people here. So they're now aware that you want to talk to the mayor and they're going to work on that while we talk. Tell me, these eight people, it seems like you, you think they're very valuable, these eight people. 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we have 13 minutes to talk about these real live human beings in there with you. Um, are they okay? Yeah, Kwame. Okay. Are you, are you safe? Are you, are you okay? You're not hurt. Oh man, I'm good. I'm in control. Okay. So I'm fine. I'm fine. And, and really you have to let the mayor know that this is in, in his control at this point. I'm giving him, I'm, I'm giving him the option. Now, if he really cares about these citizens, he's going to get on the line and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So just to recap, you have, you have some very cons- serious concerns about his policies. And you need to have a discussion with him about these because they are, they are impacting lots of people. And, and it definitely sounds like he's impacting you. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And it sounds like control is, is really important here. You feel like the, the mayor needs to, to do his duty and, and that's why this is happening today. Absolutely. And the, the reason this is all of his making all of his making and he's in complete control of the city he can do whatever he wants and he does but he doesn't do the right thing he doesn't mm-hmm. help the people who need his help and so now i need him to feel how it feels to have a, a lack of control because then at some point maybe if he feels that then he's going to feel the empathy he needs to feel in order to make the right decisions he, he, he forced my hand and now now i have the leverage he's some frustrated with what's going on yeah, I'm frustrated. And even betrayed by the policies that are going on? Definitely do. Okay. I can, I can hear that. This is really great, you guys. So um, I kind of want to break it down a little bit. So, Dan, no matter how hard of a negotiator Kwame is trying to be, you're still 
getting information out of him and letting him talk. Yes. Talking is really important. The first phase of crisis and hostage negotiation is what we call venting. So the more he talks, the better, and the more emotions he expresses, the better. And Kwame's, I think the hard thing for Kwame is he, he knows all this <laughs> just as well as I do. <laughs> and Kwame, I mean, Kwame was coming at, at it as a, as a big, hard negotiator. And even though, you know, like, it's just still he's saying what he's trying to get across. He gave you that a timeline. He said, I'm not going to talk to nobody else but the mayor, but he's still telling you and slowly, if we continue this, you're going to get to the bottom of the issue of what actually is bothering him. Yeah, I think so. And, and Kwame and I have obviously we've discussed this as professionals, you know, as, as colleagues in a sense, like as negotiators. And we've also kind of game planned this out before. And we both understand that it's so elegant and simple to just listen to people and really try to understand where they're coming from, no matter how irrational or how um, maybe inappropriate they're behaving. The best way forward is to let them tell you exactly how and why they're behaving the way they are. And, and in the process, you're slowing down the incident, you're gathering information about what's going on, but you're also managing your and their emotions. And all those things are huge in any kind of negotiation. And I always chuckle because I've, I've seen, and this is not Kwame or me, but I've seen other schools of philosophy for negotiation skills and tactics. And some of them can play really hard ball. It can come at you very directly, be very super aggressive. And um, I've always found teaching my students the listening skills first is the best prophylactic against that. 100%. I mean, the thing is, here's something that I think about often. Uh, you know, when somebody uh, speaks a different language, but they're trying to speak English to you. And um, oftentimes our natural response is to speak louder. It's like, yes. hey, that's not the word. <laughs> and slower. Right. Right. Being louder. And so the reason we do that is because when we're not feeling heard, we start to yell. And oftentimes in difficult conversations, the reason why people elevate their voice and start to get upset is because they don't feel as though they are being heard. And so Dan did a fantastic job of always making sure through summarization, slowing things down, um, acknowledging and validating my emotion. By doing that constantly, I, I mean, even as an actor here, I was, <laughs> I was having trouble maintaining my level of, of aggression and frustration. And if somebody comes at you like a bull, you have to be the matador and eventually the yes. bull gets tired. And the thing is, with the, thing, the, the techniques that Dan w was using here, uh, those were incredibly power, but like you said, incredibly simple. And the, the thing that we recognize here is that you have to stick to the fundamentals. The fundamentals don't change. And so I kept coming at him harder and harder and harder, but he stuck to the fundamentals and eventually the fundamentals wore off. And I think that's what eventually gets people in trouble because they say, listen, I acknowledged emotions, I validated them, I, I summarized, I listened, but I did that for about three minutes and it, they didn't calm down. Well, what you do is you keep doing it. <laughs> that's it, it didn't hurt yet, so you need to keep doing it. Yeah. Right. Very, very true. Now, Kwame, um, let's reverse the, the roles a little bit. Um, Dan is a new dad, and um, his wife just recently decided just to leave her work, so he's stuck with all the bills in the house. And Kwame, you're the boss, okay? 
and you Dan wants to talk to you because he wants a raise and he is the best performer out there but you know for a fact the company cannot give raises whatsoever so I want to see how that conversation would go from Dan asking for a raise or threatening to quit if he leaves and you know you'd be in big trouble Kwame if he quits because he's the best guy you have mm. Ooh, this is fun I like this. <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah. Well, hey, Dan, thanks for coming to the office today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, hey, you're great. Uh, and I really like working for you. Um, but, but I got a problem. I need a raise before the end of the day or I have to quit. You know, Dan, it's whenever somebody says, hey, you're great to start off a conversation, I know, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble. Uh, so this, this is, seems like a really serious situation for you. I, listen, I've, we've been working together for a long time. And I know you, if you're going to come uh, to, to have a conversation with me with this level of um, gravity, I know it's important. So I want to make sure I, I hear you. And um, we can figure out what's going on. So Tell me a little bit about the the situation. What's going on in your life? Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know how I can continue the way things are right now financially and just with my schedule and everything. Um, because, you know, you know, I just had the baby and all this, but it just, just comes down to, uh, I love working for you. And I know that's really important too, but I got to pay the bills. And um, it's just, it's really hard. So I've got to get the raise. I hate to put you in this position, but, and it's not a threat. I'm not threatening. I just, if, if you don't give me a raise, I have to go find more money somewhere else. Right. No, I, I appreciate that. And and listen, Dan, we've enjoyed working with you as well. As you know, uh, you're, you're one of the most important people on the team. And I want you to know that um, it's, and, and again, I appreciate you trusting me enough to come to me with the, the problem that you're facing. And you mentioned the baby. I know that's a difficult situation. I'm, I'm a father myself. Um, can you tell me a bit of, a little bit more so I can get a better understanding of the situation? What changed on your end? Well, uh, what changed is, um, you know, my wife went back to work, which, you know, should be good, but, you know, she didn't make hardly any money. And now we have childcare on top of that. And this is our first baby. I had no idea some of the medical costs that come along with that. Um, so just to make, like, just to make it work, with the baby, I've got, I've got to get at least, I mean, another $5,000 a year. So I have to go what that works out to, but like five grand uh, just for the year. So I don't think that's a lot to ask. I know I'm the best worker and I know, dude, I know you'll be in so much trouble if I leave. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I can definitely agree with that. And, and again, it, it sounds like this is an incredibly difficult situation. And it's because just to recap, to make sure I'm, I'm getting this right. So correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like the baby came, your wife tried to go back to work um, in, in her role. She wasn't making that much money. Um, and so she decided to, for the sake of the family, go back home, stay with the baby because childcare costs are expensive. And so that puts a, a, a significant financial burden on you particularly. Is that correct? Yeah, it, I mean, that's it. I mean, there's more to it, but as far as it, it's not, that's not your, it's, it's just to make the ends meet and let my wife get out of the house and do what she loves doing. We've got to make like 5,000 more dollars a year, at, at least. I mean, that's what it's looking like right now. And right. Yeah, I know that the, it's tight for the company, but you know, I always work hard. Mm-hmm. 
no, this makes a lot of sense. And again, Dan, I appreciate you having the conversation with me in this way because I know it's not easy to um, to share personal information and I appreciate the information that you've given. And again, if I ask anything that ends up being too invasive, feel free to tell me no or I'm, I'm out of bounds because I, I want to respect those sure. boundaries. Well, um, there's probably one thing more you should know. Mm-hmm. I've got an offer from Romina Inc., you know, the company across the street. I've got an employment offer for them and it's for like 7,000 more dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And they need to know by the end of the day if I'm going to accept. Okay. No. Well, again, thank you for that. That's. No, I want you to know that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that. That this is troubling because Romina Inc. has been growing uh, rapidly. They're one of our major competitors, and I I know uh, that they've been trying to poach a few of our our top guys. So this isn't this is uh, devastating news, but not entirely too surprising. Um, here's the problem that I'm facing. Based mm-hmm. on, on my position in the company, at at this very moment, I don't have the power to to give you what you're looking for at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, what okay. I do have the power to do at this time, though, is continue to have a discussion with you to try to be creative, to figure out what we can do to try to bridge this gap. Because I want to make it abundantly clear that my goal is to get you to stick with the company. And I just, the more information I know about your situation, the better. And so for you, is there anything other than money that could be of assistance? Yeah. uh, No. And and I don't even, I don't even need to make as much as Ramita incorporated is offering. That's why like 5,000 would do it because you're such a good boss. That's worth something. Like you can't even put that in money. Right. But no, if I could just, yeah, if you can get almost all the way there, like I, I don't need to leave for $2,000 difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really trying to be even handed. I, I love working here, man. I love the guys and, and the girls we work with. And, and I love, you're a great boss. And I just, I got to get it. I just, I need a little bit more to, you know, take care of my family. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. And let me ask you this. Now, I know it's 5000 more by the end of the year, cumulative that you're looking for. Um, for you, what is more important? Is it a monthly expense type of allocation that begins now or by the end of the year, we find $5,000? Well, I mean, I'm spending down some savings. Um, you know, so if, if all that money started kicking in by the end of the year, I could, I could, I could probably make it work. Um, would it be ideal is within maybe the next two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had like that extra, whatever the it prorates out if that started coming on, because then I don't have to dip below kind of like my emergency fund level and what we saved up for the baby. Mm-hmm. So like in two months, if I could get a raise and that it starts then, and it just kind of works out to that same rate. I mean, I could delay it for a couple months. It's just, I had a big fight with the wife today mm-hmm. and about money. And I thought, you know, I just need to, I need to come in and talk to you. Yeah, no, that that is important. And listen, you're doing the right thing. You have to make sure things are solid at home. Um, let me do this. I, I will, as, as soon as we're done, as soon as we leave this conversation, I'm going to go talk to my boss and see. Alan, you, Alan Zhang, right? Your boss? Uh, Alan, yeah, man. You know, he hold, he rules us with a, an iron. Ah, he scares Alan. me. He, he scares me. 
I'm glad you're talking to him and not me. <laughs> but you see how much I care about you that I'm willing to even enter his office and go to bat uh, for you. But I, I think it's now that I understand your situation, why you need the money, when you need the money, I feel as though we can be a little bit more creative, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit for me to, to go to bat uh, against him. And um, what I could potentially suggest is if you could reach out to Romina Inc. I know she likes to move quickly, but I know she also knows that you're an all-star. And um, I was listening to this podcast and what they said is, listen, if you need an, if you need an answer right now, the answer has to be no. If you hit her with that, she'll probably give you a little bit more time to make the decision. And that'll give me a little bit more time to work on Alan. Kwame, this all sounds fair. I will work nice. with you on this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is awesome. I have to, like, I did not want to stop this, you guys, because this was amazing. So not only Kwame got Dan to stay a little bit longer, but also you might just won over yourself, like, a, lo a longer-term employee. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Good work, teammate. Yay. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. Compare and contrast that to the other scenario. Like, there's very similar dynamics. Very, very, very true. Perfect, you guys. So just after the situations, as everybody just kind of saw Dan and Kwame being on their zone, but having a lot of things there are, I would say, common between negotiation techniques and everything. Um, I hope everybody can learn a lot. I know I learned a lot, especially Kwame. I want to just break it down a little bit because I love the part when you said, oh, every time somebody says, I'm awesome. I know I'm in trouble. So that was a really icebreaker you you just started right there with too. Yeah, I um in my mediations, uh, my supervisor said, I I don't know what it is that you do, but more so than anybody I've ever seen, people are always laughing in your mediations, <laughs> and um it's it's intentional for for a couple of reasons. The first thing is it it calms people down. It helps them to relax a little bit. And then the other thing is it's persuasive because when people laugh, they are less critical of the things that you say. They think less critically as well. People are more persuadable when they're laughing. And you think about the some of the most um, persuasive news that's out there right now is satirical news, where it's a comedian who's delivering news, but there's a, there's a message, a political ideology that's embedded within it um, because it works. And, and studies have shown this too. So if I am getting a, a good read on somebody um, I like to kind of probe them with a little bit of humor because it opens them up. And I try to do that early if possible. And um, it usually catches people off guard. I, we, I'll say Romina, we look for appropriate humor and laughter from a subject as a high level of rapport. If we, if we start seeing that with the primary negotiator, we know things are going very well. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about the direction of the humor, too. Um, you know, I wasn't saying, ha-ha, your life sucks, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> I wasn't saying that. Um, it's usually beneficial if it is self-deprecating humor, so it doesn't seem threatening uh, to, to the person. And so um, as, as long as it's humor that doesn't put me in a bad light in terms of my ethics, morality, or intelligence, um, I'll engage in a little bit of self-deprivation deprivation for the persuasive purpose mm -hmm. nice so my main goal is to to reach to the audience and just teach audience as much as i can when it comes to learning about negotiation learning about taking control of, of the conversation but there are type 
scenarios that sometimes you just have to walk away. Um, maybe not so common for dance field, but Kwame, you're dealing with mediation. So sometimes you, you know, you have to kind of go back and forth, but I want to see dance perspective of like, what do you do when you can just cannot walk away out of a situation and say, Oh no, this negotiation or this deal is not going to go nowhere. Yeah. So in, in police situations, we do not often say no or have to say no as we walk away. Um, there are some very rare cases which would bore you, frankly. But in business world, you get to say no all the time. In fact, if you're not saying no, Kwame, I hope you're not in Kwame. If you don't say no <laughs> as a consultant or as, especially if you're providing services to kind of a niche community, if you're not saying no, you're not really doing your job and serving your family and making the the best value for yourself because you can't serve everybody in the way that they want to be served. So you have to learn how to say no in a way that does preserve client relationships and does keep doors open that might be really important portals to the future. And I think the best way is just to say it's just not now. Just a sudden, timing can be the enemy. It's just not a good time right now. It doesn't seem like a good fit right now. And I, I really encourage your listeners, if you have to say no, don't say no forever. Say, hey, this doesn't seem like a good fit right now. When the situation changes, call me first. Like, and, and then offer the same thing. If it changes for me, I will call you first. Kwame, what do you think? Oh, you're spot on. And that's the thing. It's, it's, a, it's a, a circumstantial no. Because you, rarely is it a situation where it's like, no, I hate you. Never with you. No. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> never like that. sometimes. I do get sometimes. <laughs> Usually it's just uh, it, this This won't work out. After an evaluation, it doesn't work out. But when you are saying no and you're you're walking away, it has to be a, we, a real walk away. But the, the phrasing that Dan suggested is very powerful because it allows both of you to return to the negotiation table without while still saving face. That is critical because then yeah. you can go back after some time and say, hey, circumstances have changed. When I walked away from you, I said, um, based on the situation right now, it just doesn't work out. But if circumstances change, I can come back. And I came back because circumstances change. They could do the exact same thing. And they won't have to feel the potential embarrassment of saying, oh, it was some amazing negotiation technique that Romina did that caused me to come back to the table. You could save face easily by saying, yeah, circumstances changed. I found some more money or yes. it will change. Yes. Yeah, it leaves that future comeback and it makes it a very easy reopener. You know, the other thing is, and Kwame, I hope, will back me up on this. It's a nice way to say no when they say no. So what I mean by that is uh, we're not walking away, but they're basically they give the ultimatum. And they're going to walk away. It's a really nice way to let them save face, and, and it also preserves your professional demeanor to simply say, well, you know, that'd be terrible because I was really hoping to do a deal. And if anything changes, call me first. That's it. I have a feeling the situation could change in the future, and if that's the case, do not hesitate to call me. And so it's the same principle applied when they're the ones that are saying no and walking away. I love it. And I like how you said, Dan, like it, you can say no, but you can say it would be more of not of as of right now. And it actually triggered my memory in a conversation with that we have with Catherine, Kwame, Catherine Knapke. You have a, a 
Catherine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hello. Um, I remember a conversation that I was having with her whenever it comes to negotiating or even with a friend, like, oh, no, I cannot make it to this date, for example, or I cannot make it to this plan. It can be as simple as in a friendship circle, and then it can go up to a contract level, to a business level. But you say, not right now, but let's catch up or let's try to do this later. And it's awesome how you see this, this perceptions or this concept work from the minimum like from the lowest negotiation moment to a very high moment i would say because it's different levels of negotiation that you run through your lifetime exactly yeah catherine is an expert on she calls it negotiation but it's so powerful and um when you use that that word if you set up those boundaries in an effective way it's really can be the best way to tr truly show respect and appreciation for the person on the other side because you're not leading them astray you're not leading them on or misrepresenting and uh, which in, in a way that could negatively impact their expectations you're just being clear but doing it in a way a, a way that is guaranteed not guaranteed but puts yourself in a better position to maintain the relationship and potentially strengthen the relationship through the interaction yeah and you know kwame you notice he qualified himself really properly there there's no there are no guarantees in negotiation but if you are like kwame and i you want to get your habit and your best practices and your protocol to the point where you have the absolute best chance to get the absolute maximum value in all your negotiations. And that oftentimes serves well your negotiation counterparty as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, and I would say hands down when it comes to you guys combining your knowledge together, if you ever want to learn about negotiation, I mean, your guys' books, your workshops are the one to go. Like, hands down, absolutely. I just wish you guys lived in Florida, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, during February, both, I think both of us do, too. Join in Florida, guys. It's warmer down here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back. So we kind of dive in into a situation negotiation. We dive in into a very... Um, specific questions, but I kind of want to go back to all the way, all the way at day one for somebody that just enters a sales world or just some, or a freshly attorney out there in the field. Wh like, how can a fresh newbie learn about negotiation? Like, where does it start? Because it can be really nerve wracking. Dan, you want to hit, hit this one? Yeah, let me talk about inoculation. Then you start about like building your knowledge library. Okay. Love it. <laughs> so inoculation, uh, the most, this is, I mean, you got to start thinking about what negotiations are. We defined them like at the beginning, but let's talk about like what makes them up. Um, you've got to have at least two parties. And what that means is people, and they have to be able to dialogue. And in the modern times, it does not mean they have to talk face to face uh, and sharing the same oxygen in the same room. They could be doing it uh, through distance and through technology, but you have to have at least two people that are communicating each to the other. And that means if you're not comfortable in that kind of a format, you got to get there. And I think it's really important to inoculate yourself to the stress of dealing with people that maybe are not agreeable. And, you know, Kwame talked about being a pleaser. We all have that. Um, we also also want to fight. Like we have both of those spirits inside of us. And good negotiators have both of those capabilities. They know when to really... Uh, disagree vigorously without ruining the relationship and they also know when it's time to say we've got a deal and this is all the value there is right now and you have to have both of those and that really comes from 
being fearless and, and just engaging people in conversations. So I really encourage you to meet people where they're at in your daily life and listen to them and get their story and see where you can agree with them. It's just a, a fantastic habit to have. And by the way, you can do that whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, no matter what your walk of life is, you can encounter people and kind of learn that art of conversation and dealing with things that you may not agree with. Yeah, I agree. And when you think about it from a psychological perspective, my, my background is in psychology. Um, with cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which is one of the most powerful forms of therapy where you overcome the uh, the negative thought patterns that you have and replace them with beneficial ones, things that are, that are more empower, empowering and helpful. One of the things that they talk about is exposure therapy. And just repeated exposure to a stimulus reduces the impact of the, um, the limbic response, that fear-based response. So just like Dan said, you have to get out there. You need to experience it. You, and the more experience you have, the, the less of uh, an emotional tax it'll take on you, but you just have to practice. And I think the most powerful tool that you can use in negotiation is the open-ended question. So questions that start with who, what, where, when, why, and how. Um, and then uh, as added bonuses, you have some uh, statements that operate the same way. So tell me more about this. Help me to understand that. Um, those are great ways to lead the conversation and gather information. Because if you look at the, uh, the role plays that Dan and I just did, the majority of the persuasion happened as a result of asking questions and summarizing. And if you can master that skill, gathering information, reflecting the, the understanding back to the other person and, and just keep on doing that, they will move unilaterally just by deepening their understanding based on the questions that you ask. And, and one of my favorite quotes uh, about negotiation is that negotiation is the art of letting them have your way. And when you ask great questions, that's a great way to do it. I like that quote. I don't think I've heard that quote before. Yeah. Negotiations is having them let win your way. Oh, yeah. It's the art of letting them have your way. And so you're giving them complete control of the decision-making process. But by asking questions, you're changing their mentality by, by leading them in a certain direction. And so at the end of the conversation, they're not going to say, yeah, Romina bullied me into coming to this conclusion. They're going to say, yeah, I had a chat with Romina. And after we, chat, we talked, I, I started to think about things differently. And you know what? I think I'm going to do this. And they're going to take ownership over that decision-making process when in fact it was your skillful questions that led them to that conclusion. I love it. I mean, I have to say this whole podcast, this whole interview, I love it. I've connected with both Dan and Kwame for quite some time, you guys. I've read their books and I keep in touch with them, but just having two masterminds on one episode, I'm very thankful this episode happened and I feel like a whole new door of knowledge just opened for me myself. Thank you. This was fun. This was awesome. Now it was I... like Godzilla versus Mothra. <laughs> and they're friends. Like, that's the best twist. Oh, my goodness. Now, I know you guys have uh, are going nonstop. I know Dan posts a lot of time on LinkedIn. And Dan, you recently also posted about a workshop that you're working towards. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, I'm excited because I've done many, many, many workshops, but I've never stepped out kind of on the ledge and done an open registration workshop where anybody can come. So it'll be all industries, um, a very diverse crowd, and it's in Wichita, Kansas, which if you've never been to Wichita, you absolutely have to come. It's a hidden gem. 
And it's April 27th and 28th at the Ambassador Hotel, which is a phenomenal hotel. It's a boutique hotel downtown. And it's going to really focus on these same listening principles that Kwame and I have demonstrated and, and sold to you, and hopefully you're buying them. Uh, if you really want to get good at that, if you want to start building your habit, come on down. And you can go to my website at masterlistener.com, and, and it'll direct link you to the Eventbrite. Nice. Awesome. And I'll go ahead and attach all the information for you guys out there, too. Kwame? What's a new and exciting project that you're working towards? Tell us about your future projects. Yeah, so there, there are a few that are really exciting, but the one that I'm really excited, the most excited about right now is the online course that we just finished. And so it's um, called Negotiate Anything, Finding Confidence in Conflict. So it's not just a negotiation course, it's also a confidence course. Because um, one of the things I always say is, it doesn't make sense to teach recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen. So instead of just giving you the negotiation skills, we spend about a, uh, probably about 10 percent of the of the course focusing on how you can build your confidence overcome barriers to uh, your personal barriers to difficult conversations and then we lay on some strategies and tactics and and deepen your understanding in of um of communication and then um, we also have a series of uh of recorded simulations, simulated negotiations between me and Catherine, <laughs> and uh, debriefs after. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. But the the goal, the transformation at the end of it is that you'll have the the most powerful persuasive techniques and also the confidence you need to use it. And I'm sure whoever joins the seminars and whoever joins the class online will go out saying nobody will play with me, Kwame. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the name of the book, Kwame's book, you guys. Nobody will play with me. You should definitely read it if you have yet done so. Awesome. Well, the very last question, we're going to ask a different one because I always ask, what's your definition of success? But I was ready for that one. Now she throws a curveball. <laughs> well, you always got to be ready, right, Dan? Yes. So. To today's final question would be, what is your definition of great negotiation? <laughs> this is different. Yeah, this is tough. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. And I think a great negotiation, and I think it's easier for me in, in the business world, um, for, Dan's and, for Dan, it might be like, where nobody gets murdered. <laughs> Yeah, Miller time. <laughs> right. For me, I would say it's a negotiation where both people leave the negotiation table feeling as though they made the best decision they could have made under the circumstances and with the information they had at hand. And they re leave respecting the process. That's a tough one to achieve. So, yeah, that's absolutely would be a great negotiation, Kwame. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see. We'll see how long that de definition lasts, but <laughs> that's what I'm feeling today. Uh-oh. Dan, what do you got for us? I think a, a, a negotiation, you know, a, a great negotiation is where you discover value that you weren't aware of. Um, anyway, let me unpack that a little bit. If I, if I negotiate with Kwame and, and I expected to get this and that's what I get, and he expects to get that and that's what he got. I don't know that that's a great negotiation. That could have been settled by a robot. Um, mm. If I'm negotiating with somebody and it's not financial, if, if, I'm, at, if I'm at work and it's a police hostage and crisis situation um, and somebody decides that they want to live, that's a value that they didn't know before we started, that they discovered that. 
and now I'm, I'm a master negotiator, right? If I help them discover that for themselves. And I might discover something as well. I've discovered many, many things about myself and about the human condition in working with what I call my single serving friends, which is kind of an homage to Fight Club, the movie. Um, but my single serving friends have taught me a lot about life and love and the value of human dignity. So those were great negotiations. And I often find with my clients who I coach in business negotiations that some of the best business relationships they have were because they were willing to ask kind of the tough questions and stick with a process that didn't look like it was going to succeed. And all of a sudden, new opportunities in business relationships open up because they were willing to discover new value. So that's, I'm going to go with that. And it definitely doesn't conflict with Kwame's definition, which is fabulous. So maybe that's just like an addendum to his. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so, so much, both Kwame and Dan, for being a part of RM Podcast FL. This is the second time you guys come here. Um, I know we're working towards some future and awesome plans together. So for all my listeners out there. Are you going to tease that? Yes, oh, I am. She tease it? Oh, yeah, she can tease it. I'm, I, I'm excited. Yes, I can do that. So all my listeners out there. So this is the first there. time that anybody's going to know about this. This is cool. Are we supposed to keep it a secret? No, no, no. it's okay. You got a tea. Just, just drop it So, guys, stay tuned <laughs> for an awesome event coming soon with Ben Albinger, Kwame Christian, and Ellen Tang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can say it, but we don't have any details for you guys just yet. So, stay tuned. That's what "stay tuned" means. There we what go. If you got Kwame and Alan and I in the same room at the same time for a whole day and Romina was there to make sure no one got hurt, what would happen? <laughs> uh, so I'm playing the mediator at this point? Yeah. Making um, sure the waters yes. are calm. Okay. Well, you're there to project manage the whole affair. Uh -huh. Perfect. Hi. He's a great negotiator, you guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I definitely want to let my audience to know to stay tuned because we have awesome projects coming out soon. And for you guys that definitely want to attend Dan's workshop, you definitely should go ahead and do so and go ahead and jump in into American Negotiation Institution to learn about Kwame's new workshops and new classes online. You will not get disappointed. Thank you so much, guys, again, for being a part of the podcast. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And make sure to tune in every Tuesday for brand new awesome episodes just like this one.